The proposed megaproject to widen I-45 has been controversial for lots of reasons. On that list are that it would displace lots of people of color and destroy historic buildings in Independence Heights, an African-American neighborhood north of downtown Houston. But could that project end up doing Independence Heights some good? Today, I'm talking with journalist Amal Ahmed, who's written about the Freeway Project, and with Tanya DeBose, an Independence Heights resident and the founder of Preserving Communities of Color. It's Tuesday, March 8th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Tanya, Amal, thank y'all both for being here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Amal, could you give us an overview of what the I-45 expansion project is? Sure. Yeah. So it is, um, I-45 is a major highway that, you know, runs through the city of Houston, um, goes all the way up to Dallas um, and, you know, further north. And so it's being widened to sort of keep up with the increasing traffic in and around the city of Houston, right? Um, So it's a project that is being carried out from the Texas Department of Transportation with a price tag of about like $7 billion, I believe, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And so... In the process of building this, um, you know, the reason that it's become so contentious over the last several years, right, is that the land that this highway is going to take up will just continue to sort of encroach on existing communities and essentially take up the space that is currently being used by homes and businesses and churches. Um, You know, it's a climate change issue. It's Mm -hmm. an urban land use issue, right, Um, just because of the way that these things are built and, and, you know, also the fact that a lot of the reason that this is being built is because of kind of suburban growth. Tanya, how is your neighborhood, Independence Heights, being affected by this freeway expansion? We are going to lose um, homes as well as businesses that are in the path of the uh, expansion. Um, To be more exact, uh, we're going to lose about 31 single-family residential homes, Mm -hmm. uh, three multifamily housing complexes, which definitely has more than 200 people um, living in them. And then we're also going to lose some of the businesses that are located along the feeder road of the community. Um, And these are businesses that people usually shop at um, for uh, goods and supplies and things that they need in order to get through everyday life. And so we are just kind of working and hopeful that um, we can lessen the impact by working with the Texas Department of Transportation. Can we back up a little bit and could you tell us what makes Independence Heights special? Why it's important, not just to Houston, but to the whole United States? Sure, Independence Heights is um, very important and significant to the nation. Um, It is a community that is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Um, It is a historic community because it is the first city that was incorporated by African-Americans in the state of Texas. Uh, This community was started around 1908 by the Wright Land Company, who bought up the land in the area, replatted it as a community, and sold land to African Americans in a city where not many people were selling land at a fair price to Mm -hmm. African Americans. And after um, around about 1915, when there were about 600 residents in the community, the 
local leaders of Independence Heights decided that they wanted to have some of the same amenities that they saw happening in the city of Houston, which was just um, south of our borders. They mm -hmm. wanted to have paved streets. They wanted to have indoor plumbing and all the other amenities that were happening in the city of Houston proper. And when they went to the city of Houston to try to connect, you know, pipes and then connect streets um, to be able to keep that con continuity going with amenities, um, the city of Houston was not necessarily in favor of that. And so the and the early uh, pioneers of Independence Heights went back to the table and decided that, you know, how did they, how were they able to chart their own path to have their own amenities and, and, and all of that. And mm -hmm. so what they ended up doing was uh, creating their own city charter. My great grandfather was one of those early people who came to Independence Heights during that time. And so um, fifth gener proud to say that I am a fifth generation descendant of the early people who started Independence Heights, the first black municipality in the state of Texas. Wow. Would any of those historic buildings be affected by the I-45 expansion? Um, the side of the community that is gonna receive the direct impact of the uh, freeway expansion um, is not necessarily in the National Register, but there are homes there that were some of the first homes because those homes are on what now would have been 30th and 31st Street um, in the early days. And so those were some of the first streets where homes were built. And if you drove past them uh, heading north on 45, right in the nook in the interchange of 610 West, you would see mm -hmm. some of those early homes and the architecture that is there. Um, additionally, there is a church, Mount Olive Missionary Baptist Church, which is one of the yeah. early churches that was built there in the community. And although it is not a um, architecturally historic building because it was knocked down by the uh, Hurricane Ike. Um, it is significant um, to this community as one of the early and first churches of Independence Heights when it was its own municipality. And it's an active church. It is an active church, yes. Yeah. Do you still live in, was it your great-grandfather's house? No, um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, there's no way to live in that house because it actually was uh, part of what was uh, used when they put in the 610 freeway going west. So wait, his, his house was taken. It, the land was seized to put in yeah. 610. Yeah, so um, when they uh, built the 610 loop going west, um, Independence Heights, 30th and 31st Street were taken uh, to, and the homes that were along that street were taken to build the freeway going. And so my great-grandfather who came there in 1924 from Wharton, Texas, actually uh, had purchased a home. We have a copy of his deed um, there on 31st Street. And um, the home was taken in around about 1942 to build a new freeway. So this, the idea that freeway expansion is driving people out of Independence Heights, that's really personal for you. It's very personal for me for a number of reasons. You know, when you think about African-Americans and when you think about our history, my great grandfather, um, his father, they were 
he was born in Wharton County. Um, his father and his grandfather were both enslaved. And when I look back at my family history and I look at, you know, the jobs that they work, um, the things that they did, most of the men in the family were chauffeurs. When he left Wharton, he came into the Houston area. He lived in a carriage house in River Oaks um, mm -hmm. with the family. He was able to save that money and purchase a home in 1924 in Independence Heights. Uh -huh. And that home is no longer there because that home was taken so that they could build a 610 West. Did he have anything to say about that? So at that time, he probably didn't have a voice. He probably wasn't able to sit at a table to have a conversation with the Texas Department of Transportation about what he wanted and uh, how this community could remain intact. And so when I look at it, it happening again today, when I look at uh, the people who are in the path of a freeway coming and that they uh, potentially may be displaced, what I do see is a repeat of what happened back then and what we can do and what I can do as a community leader there um, to be able to um, make sure that the impact is lessened and that people won't lose their homes. Um, it becomes very personal. Amal, uh, pretty soon the Society for Environmental Journalists is going to be visiting Houston and you're going to be giving them mm -hmm. a tour. Are you taking them to Independence Heights? Yeah, um, so Independence Heights will be a stop on our tour and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be meeting Tanya there. So I'm very excited um, for folks to hear from her directly kind of about the story. Um, the purpose of the tour, right, highway expansion projects are happening all over the country, right? So this is a national issue and a lot of what's happening in Houston and the way that this project has been planned and sort of carried out thus far and even, you know, currently, um, you know, pending civil rights investigation from the Federal Highway um, Administration, right? Like these are not necessarily unique to Houston, right? So I think in any major city mm -hmm. or in, you know, even smaller cities, you can find the same sort of patterns, right? Tanya was talking about the way that her her grandfather, you know, this house that was demolished previously for 610, like that's not, um, you know, a lot of these decisions made at the policy level have been intentional, right, throughout history. How do you mean? Yeah, so kind of the highway building spree, right? It's a post-war phenomenon, right? right. Um, you have, for the first time, sort of the building, you know, the suburbs are a concept now in American culture, right? So you have more people moving further away, and now you need a way to get all of these, you know, white middle-class folks from the city, or from the suburbs back into the city for these jobs, right, and back and forth to downtown. Um, and the way that a lot of planners decided to build these highways was to intentionally build them through black neighborhoods, right? Um, so Independence Heights being one of them. You don't plow a freeway through something like River Oaks. Exactly. It very, I mean, rarely, if ever, does that happen, right? Um, and, you know, when you read these yeah. old reports from the 50s and 60s, like the, the words that they'll use are, are things like slum clearance, right? Um, and that's to refer to like middle class black neighborhoods. Um, right urban renewal. Yes, exactly. Um, and so, you know, through the power of eminent domain, it becomes very easy to sort of just, just do that and, you know, um, kind of plow these highways through these communities. But what's happening today is, is that if you've already built a highway that's now, you know, in the case of 45, like six or seven lanes, like if you're expanding that neighborhood, you are just expanding into a neighborhood that you've already impacted over and over again. Does that kind of thing happen in other cities or is it just Houston? Yeah. So I think, you know, the point of the tour is to kind of show journalists who are coming to Houston, like, you know, the issues that are happening here are kind of 
um, all over the United States. And I think it's a very, you know, it's a story that's worth unpacking in, in different locations and seeing kind of how federal policy and local urban planners, right, um, kind of this legacy of, of racism and environmental injustice are still impacting people today, right, from these kind of decades-long projects um, and big infrastructure projects. That the same communities mm-hmm. just keep getting hit mm-hmm. over and over. Yeah. So where does the I-45 project stand right now? Um, yeah, so there there has certainly been a lot of, you know, over the past couple of years, just a lot of resistance to it, right? So you have folks from, from all kind of various environmental um, groups in the Houston area, right? Um, different communities that are impacted, like really speaking out against what this would do to their communities, right? Um, so currently there, yeah, there is a federal um, investigation from the Department of Transportation into the way that this project was planned and how it's impacting communities of color kind of disproportionately. Um, So I believe pending that investigation, you know, there hasn't been a lot of movement on the 45 expansion. Um, But again, this is also a project Mm -hmm. that has like, you know, a 15, 20 year timeline or something like that to begin with. So these do move very slowly. Right. They're enormous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Tanya, just to like close up, what do you hope for at this point with the I-45 project and Independence Height? What would be the best case? Sure. So um, just, you know, kind of picking back in off of Amal and how these freeways have traditionally um, divided and um, our communities displace people and erase people. You know, when we first started off this conversation with the Texas Department of Transportation, um, you know, we were like, no, we don't want this to impact our community the way it has done in the past. And so, you know, one of the questions that we were asked is, what is your ask? And so we had completed a livable center study. And so some of the things that were included in that study were things like gateways that say, welcome to Independence Heights, you know, the first African American municipality. There's all sorts of um, other amenities like benches and, you know, the things that you see when you go into more um, um, uh, wealthier neighborhoods where you have this consistent aesthetic look. But also um, the things that we're looking for is, you know, homes, places for people to be uh, replaced in a community. So if this does happen, um, we definitely want to see the funding um, to purchase property in that community so that we might be able to replace people within the community. Um, also, um, being able to look at the part of our of our community that makes us historic and how that was not well received at first and that we literally had to fight to make sure that they understood the importance and significance of our community. Um, and so having uh, a preservation plan but also having some things written down about what that actually looks like. And so what we're hopeful for in the future of this, regardless Mm -hmm. of which way it goes, um, we are hopeful that our community will survive, that it will sustain, that if we have to um, give up something for this freeway to happen, that we will also benefit more over and so than our ancestors did um, in this work, but also being very clear that this freeway project needs to be equitable, that if one community has to give up something, others should also have to be able to give up that. And we shouldn't always be the ones who have to bear the full brunt of losing and having our people displaced. And there's actually a chance that this freeway project could 
help make independence heights better? It could. And that's the controversial piece for people who are, you know, out there speaking and they haven't sat at a table to actually talk to us about how this is going to impact us. After now, you know, all of the um, groups who have come forward and had their say about it, you know, Independence Heights and its say is that um, this project, we've sat at the table with TxDOT. We've had Mm -hmm. conversations with them about what it is that we want and what it is that we need. And it is written into the FBIS that they have obliged the things that we want. Um, And so we're standing here um, not knowing which way this thing is going to turn. But what we do know is that we advocated, we had a voice, we sat with the Texas Department of Transportation, they listened and they agreed to uh, give us the things that we asked for in that. And all of that is written and sealed into the final, you know, environmental impact study. Wow. Okay. Well, I will cross my fingers. All right. Well, thanks to you both. I really appreciate your talking with us. Thank you, Lisa. I have enjoyed my time. Yeah, same here. All right, I am here with producer Farrell Gibbs, who's going to tell us what else is going on around Houston. Hey, Lisa. Well, a little bit of a bummer piece of news here. The price of gas in Houston went up 20 cents over the past week, 40 cents over the past month. And according to the Houston Chronicle, it is pushing closer to $4 per gallon, following the national trend creeping up just over $4. It's the first time that average has been this high since 2008, and it's only 11 cents away from the all-time record. It's all, of course, a result of the events happening in Ukraine. And to make matters even more volatile this week, the U.S. continues to consider a Russian oil ban as the invasion continues. The concerns there surrounding that oil ban are that we will feel the further complication of supply line issues, inflation, And of course, additional rising prices at the pump. That is it for our show today. If you don't already subscribe to our newsletter, check it out. Sign up at houston.citycast.fm. We will be back tomorrow. Bye. Yep, (laughs) I got the shakes. (laughs) 